I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. Hey guys, it's Josiah, and before we dive into today's episode, we want to share something exciting with our Young Adults Today fam. On March 4th and 5th, 2022, we will be having our third annual conference. So we want to invite you and your team in person this year to Minneapolis, Minnesota for this opportunity as leaders to rally together with other young adult ministry leaders from across the country. You can find out more details and register today at www.youngadults.today. Now for today's episode. All right. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to the Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Josiah. How are you doing? Doing great. Hey, Micah. How are you? I'm doing well. I am doing very well. And I'll just say it's a joy to come into your homes, your drives, your workouts, your earbuds. It's uh, we enjoy this podcast so much. So thanks for subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing this content. It helps us reach more listeners with the message of young adults today. And we're passionate about the next generation and the next generation's plural and really excited to have new episodes drop every Monday morning. But, um, We're going to have some fun, wouldn't you say? We're going to have a blast because we have an incredible guest joining us today, um, an author that has impacted our approach in life, in ministry, in marriage, in parenting, and just realizing the brevity of life and how do we step into cadence with what God is saying, our body is saying, our mind is saying, and how do we do that well? And how do we still live out the ultimate, you know, desires of our heart within, you know, conjunction with what God has placed on our heart when it comes to our occupation, our ministries, whatever that is and looks like. So Josiah, do you just want to at least give the listener insight? Yeah. Who in the world is joining us? Why don't you welcome them to the podcast? For sure. I'll say this episode is for anyone who's ever described themselves, or this could be (laughs) said of you that you're addicted to busy and you have the desire to finish well, and you want to beat burnout. So you're feeling overwhelmed, overworked, overscheduled. If that's you, then thanks for tuning in. We're going to have a great conversation with Pastor Brady Boyd. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be with you. And uh, you guys are doing good work. I love the topic of this podcast. I love your heart for young leaders. I love that you're talking about things that are healthy and good, that are sustainable. Uh, I love that about you. And I think this is a much needed topic that we're going to talk about today. And I hope it's helpful to people that are listening. It lets help oh, a lot me. of people. And uh, if you're newer to Pastor Brady Boyd, by the way, he's a local church pastor of New Life Church in Colorado. They've already had their first snowfall. So can you believe that? Oh my yes. gosh. <laughs> and uh, also he's a best-selling author of a number of books, including Addicted to Busy. And I'll just share this with the listener. Um, this book was recommended to me five years ago. So I downloaded it on my Amazon Kindle on my iPhone five years ago. A uh, pastor friend of ours had gotten cancer. She went on a sabbatical and then eventually um, retired from that full-time job and mm-hmm. very much is still a minister of the gospel. And she told three of us, read the book, Addicted to Busy. It took me a few years. I should have read it sooner, but I read it and it was a breath of fresh air in my life, in our marriage, Mm -hmm. 
being new parents or parents of young kids, two of them. Mm -hmm. So um, that's where our journeys crossed. And then I tweeted about it. We got connected, Pastor Brady. So thanks again for coming to the show. And what I'd love for you to do to to launch us today is to just kind of share where did the message of addicted and busy come from in your own life? Well, I was not much older than you when, uh, or maybe even younger than you, when uh, I, I discovered that I was on a path that was not sustainable. And I know a lot of 20-somethings are listening right now. And let me just tell you something. When I was in my 20s, there's no one listening to this podcast that was doing more in the name of God than I was doing in my 20s. And I could justify every single action because I was doing it for God, right? I was doing it for the kingdom, for the church. And I knew all the buzzwords. I knew all the excuses that I could make. But the problem was I was married to a woman that wanted to hang out with me and be with me. And I could not wrestle the tension between being home and being at church and at ministry. And at one point, my wife, Pam, who I've now been married to for 32 years, says, uh, I'm basically a single woman. Uh, I never see you. Uh, I, 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 this is not sustainable for our marriage and we have to make changes. And I'm thankful for her because she called me into account. She held me accountable and there was nothing I was doing. that was bad. I was, that wasn't out chasing a wildlife at night or anything. I was just working hard, uh, really acting like a, a slave instead of a son, quite honestly. And wow. a lot of what, a lot of what rest comes down to is having proper spiritual identity um, and knowing that uh, it's not by my activity that I am loved by God, it's by my adoption that I'm loved by God. So you can either choose one of the two, a lot of activity, or you can choose adoption. And when I discovered that, that God loved me regardless of my schedule and how much I was doing for him, he wanted me to be with him. And that was more important to God. And so I, I, I wrote the book years after that, uh, after I'd had a long time to process it. Uh, it is by far my most commented book that I've ever written. I think it's done more to help salvage ministries and marriages than anything I've written. Um, we, all of us, love to be busy. We often uh, equate our importance with how much we're doing. Wow. And I do believe in working well. Let me just first say to all the young leaders out there, this is not an excuse to be slothful or lazy or poor stewards of your time. Actually, it's an invitation to work well and rest well. And I tell people in order to work well, you have to rest well. In order to rest well, you have to earn your sleep. And so it's a kind of a phrase around our church, earn your sleep at night. So work hard all day, but then know how to unplug, unwind, have fun, go to bed. Uh, and I tell all the young leaders at my church, if you're not going home four or five nights a week, really tired, where you can just fall into your bed and go to sleep. You know, that, that, that beautiful moment where you hit the bed and you're asleep within 60 seconds, then you're not working well, right? So you need to work well to earn your sleep, but don't feel guilty about resting either. Uh, when it's time to rest, it's time to rest. And when it's time to work well, it's time to work well. And finding that balance is extremely difficult for most people. It was for me at least. And uh, so I hope this book is kind of a helpful outline for young leaders trying to find that delicate balance. And I know the two of you have two very young children. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful when I heard that you read the book now, because your babies that grow up very, very quickly, you know, the days are long, but the years are short uh, with children. And I'm grateful that you as a young couple have discovered the rhythm of rest and work so that you can enjoy those uh, two littles that you have at your house there. And, and I want them to know mom and dad real well and not be a, not be uh, in competition.
competition with ministry for your time. Amen. Right. Amen. Right. That's definitely a tension that I think we can all wrestle with and all like learn how to manage and hunker down on and to realize that these these tensions are not going to go away, but we need to harness them in. And like you said, earn that right to sleep. And I think I could probably fall asleep in 30 seconds anywhere, any place in the season that we're in. So I'm halfway there. Maybe it's cut time for me. Um, but I just we love to have fun. We love to be with young adults. We love to see young leaders. And one thing that we've realized and recognized is by the time many young adult pastors are 25 or 30 years old, they've already reached burnout. They've already reached a midlife crisis. They've already said no to God's calling five years in that's the average. What is it? Three to five years. They step in that first role of ministry and they realize I'm out. And that's, we've seen many friends do that. We've heard of many transitions happen or they kind of hop from job to job within the context of ministry. Um, And with that, we know that burnout can happen along along the lines and along that way. Um, But for each person, this is probably different. We have different thresholds. We have different um, seasons of life, kids, no kids, single, dating, married, engaged, all sorts of listeners kind of tuning in. But what insight do you have when... It comes to discovering and creating healthy paces in life and sustaining rhythms of the work and ministry. What insight would you have for the listener who's trying to motivate themselves to even wrap their brain around that concept? <laughs> well, it is, it, is, it is a complex question you just asked, but I think the, the, to simplify it, you have to know what refreshes you. What is it that restores you? And we're all different. I mean, we're all very unique individuals. We have different uh, ways of restoring. But uh, what I tell young leaders is pay attention to your body, pay attention to your thoughts, pay attention to your emotions, uh, pay attention to your spiritual disciplines, uh, and pay attention to all those buckets because all four of those buckets can get empty really quick. So physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, those are the four buckets that you need to pay attention to. And, uh, and it's like, a you know, like a, I'm looking right now at my computer and there's a little diagram up there that tells me how much battery life I have left on my top laptop. I'm just discovering that most young leaders don't pay attention to the battery uh, in their lives. So physically is the easiest one. You know, when you're tired, you go to sleep. That's an easiest one. But mentally, what, how are you taking care of your mental health right now? Uh, what are you allowing into your mind? What are you thinking about? How are you managing uh, your emotional health? Um, and uh, and I'm finding a lot of young leaders don't have very good spiritual disciplines, and they wonder why they're burning out. And one of the big spiritual disciplines that uh, is largely forgotten in the church is the idea of a Sabbath. Most young adults do not know how to unplug. And 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 you mentioned earlier that young leaders are burning out. I, I, I find that there's tremendous pressure uh, on 20-somethings. I didn't really have social media when in the 20s. And when I was in my 20s, there was no such thing as Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And I can't imagine the extra pressure um, that young leaders are facing right now to build their social media platform, to to appear um, different than they really are. They, there's just a tremendous pressure on young church leaders to be famous right now. There's this right. almost this uh, unholy drive in young leaders to be known. And if they're not known, if they're not building a platform, somehow they're missing out. And I just don't ever remember Jesus talking about any of that. Um, he didn't ask for that. He, t- he actually told you to take this, take the less prominent seat at the table to be the last among many uh, to take the low seat um, to humble yourself, uh, and so that that to me is the beginning of a healthy balance. 
is making sure you check those battery levels and really knowing how to honor that Sabbath day to be, here's what I tell people, find a day once a week and be completely useless and be connected to the Lord that whole day. Be useless to everyone else though, uh, as best you can. And I know you, as a mom, you can't do that with two littles, but there are days where you can do less with those two littles than you would normally do. And I, I would call that for young moms and young dads, the best possible Sabbath you can have right now. <laughs> mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. you get older, you can have better Sabbaths, but right now they are in demand of your attention. I'm sure every, every single minute. I remember that season in my life. No kidding. And just talking about seasons, both touching on sabbatical or Sabbath and rest and just these rhythms of health in our lives. That's mm -hmm. our heart for young leaders is that they'd work well now, like you're talking about, that they'd have impact in God's kingdom, mm -hmm. but they'd, they'd be sustainable, that it'd be right. built on a foundation of the solid rock of something that can actually last and even outlast them. And I know one of the things, Pastor Brady, that you write about in the book is um, just some seasons that you had as a young leader, or maybe even a position that you took or a season that you felt led to something that was less prominent. Are you willing to go off script there and, and just share that from your personal experience? Well, learning to be hidden is one of the great graces of our, of our faith, right? I mean, uh, some of the great stories we have in the Bible are of hidden heroes that the Lord is the one that uncovered them. King David being one of the most famous stories, right? Uh, he was a, a shepherd boy on the backside of the desert learning to, you know, to worship and pray. But when the time came for him to step up and be the king, he was ready. And I think King David was ready because he was, he was willing to be hidden. Jesus himself, we don't hear anything about the first 30 years of Jesus's life. I mean, he got lost at the mall one time when he was 12, and I think that was it. But we don't really hear any other stories of Jesus. And for 30 years, can you imagine that being the son of God, knowing you're the Messiah and the whole decade of his twenties, what was he doing? Dating going to, and what did he do? We don't know anything about that, that 10 years of his life, but when it was time for God to use him, the reason Jesus was prepared is because he was okay with being hidden. I, I look back, I, I pass our church now and I stand on a big stage with lots of lights on me on Sunday, preaching to thousands of people every weekend and every time I walk up there, I think, well, not every time, but most of the time when I walk up there, I remember for four years, I went to a truck stop and preached every single Sunday at 9 a.m. at a truck stop outside of Shreveport, Louisiana, to three or four drunk truck drivers who were, had hangovers, and that in a, little, in a little chapel. And I did that all the time. I preached at rescue missions. I preached on the streets uh, in, in my city uh, when we would set up little street revivals and um, I, I just know that, listen, for young leaders, don't, don't ask for too much too soon. Uh, be, willing for God to do, be, be willing for God to do holy and hidden work in your life. Let him build strong reservoirs of character and competency in your life. Uh, and then when it's time for the spotlight to hit you, when it's time uh, for you to be uh, more important and, and do significant work, your heart will be ready. Uh, but so, so many young leaders are striving for the wrong thing right now. And I really, nobody knew who I was in my twenties. And even into my thirties, I was completely unknown to most people on the planet, except for a handful of people. And I didn't become pastor of a prominent church until I was 40 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think, I think there is something to be said uh, for the reason I've been able to be sustainable. And the reason I've been able to have longevity 
26 years now of pastoral ministry without burnout is because I did have a long season of hiddenness and not, not, it's not that I didn't want to be known. It's just that the Lord hid me away and don't, don't despise those seasons. Those are, those are holy seasons of your life when you feel hidden. That's so good. Pastor Brady, I'm just taking notes as like you're talking and stuff because just more things are coming to my mind, but it's off script once again. And I would just want you to lean into the like maybe even your story a little more. Like, how do you stay motivated while managing that horsepower and remaining content with where God's placed you in that hidden season? Like we come across so many young adults who are like, well, if I did this, or if I, or I want to, or why am I not here? Like all these compiling questions come. And I truly believe that God has them in a hidden season where they're being refined, where God is calling things out in them, where he's bringing mentors. And there's a pruning process from friend groups to character flaws yeah. to all these different things. And that's a never ending process throughout life. I understand that, but we have people who like, don't know how to manage that horsepower that just get me on a stage. Give me the mic. I have something to say. How do you manage that horsepower when you're in a hidden season and you have like this desire to get out there because you have a heaven minded urgency stirring within you? Well, we, I, that's a great question. And I do have, I had a lot of horsepower in my twenties and thirties and I still, I'm still very busy today and I still have holy ambitions today. I, I would say this, that pour, pour your life into other people. I mean, most people, they're looking for stages instead of congregations. I wow. tell young leaders, listen, there is more people out there that need you than you have time to give. But what we're looking for is the stage of the camera instead of relationships. And I mm -hmm. would say pour your horsepower into mentoring and discipling and walking alongside people. Go visit hospital beds. Go go to nursing homes. Go go find people that need you. Go, go out into the poor of your streets. There's plenty of places to burn your energy off other than the stage or in front of a microphone and, and, and trust that when it's time for you to say something, God would have already put something in you. I told someone, I actually had a breakfast this morning with a guy and I said, the problem with being, I'm, I'm 54 years old. And I said, I have more to say now with less energy than ever in my life. When I was in my twenties, I had a lot of energy, but not, not much to say. I said, now I have a lot to say and not, not much as, as much energy. And, I, and what I was saying is what the, the, be the beautiful cross section is when you have a lot to say and a lot of energy. And that's, that's usually right in the middle of your life, right? Um, but I understand what you're asking. And I would say that, listen, there's plenty of places to build the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. uh, the kingdom of heaven is broad and expansive. And uh, I'm, I'm finding that a lot of young leaders don't even know what it means to do pastoral work anymore. I mean, holding the hands of a sick person, doing a funeral, mm -hmm. uh, counseling a young married couple or a young couple that wants to get married, uh, discipling a group of young men in your home uh, every Tuesday night, uh, walking with people on missions trips. Those are just really good pastoral con uh, disciplines and convictions. And I would encourage young leaders, get back to the basics of blocking and tackling. Lead prayer meetings. If you have a bunch of energy that you can't burn off, I guarantee you, if you ask your pastor, pastor, can I lead a prayer meeting every Tuesday night at seven o'clock? I guarantee you, he'll say yes. Can I lead a prayer meeting every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m.? Yes. The answer is yes. You can lead prayer meetings. There's plenty of places to burn your energy off that will build your character Good. instead of destroy you uh, long term. 
That's good. Man, I think that what you're describing, thank you for being willing to go off script and just raw, real, vulnerable, authentic. I'm wrestling with this thought of like the different generations because each has a different amount of energy and insight, wisdom, knowledge, discernment, and we need all of them. Mm -hmm. All of us are needed. It's like the Thanksgiving table, like pull up a chair. You're wanted, you're welcome. And um, I just, I, I was blessed to grow up in a church where there was a thriving senior adult ministry. Mm-hmm. And we had the privilege this morning of going to one of the saints homecoming funerals, mm-hmm. celebration of life. Right. And I'm so thankful for Gary Horton and the quiet, strong encourager that he was in my Facebook messenger, because <laughs> he had a lot to say. And it, what it took was me asking questions or right. sharing things. And mm-hmm. he was always encouraging always a blessing. And Mm -hmm. so with everything that pastor Brady, you just said, I'd say as you're young, finding pastors or mentors, the people who are just saints, if you look around the congregation, people who read their Bible and have read their Bible cover to cover for decades, Mm -hmm. they have something to say if we will just listen and ask questions. Mm -hmm. And so I love that there's so much ministry to do And a lot of it isn't recognized. It doesn't have a microphone involved. It doesn't have a spotlight on it, but that's, I think where this, there's really significant ministry to do. And I'd just be curious after talking about that, Pastor Brady, what would you say to the young leader who is experiencing panic attacks, anxiety, Really, yeah, really (laughs) real challenges right now. And they're in a season of burnout. They're thinking of giving up and they find themselves listening to this conversation right now. What would you say to them? Well, I would, I would say, first of all, seek help. Don't be, it's not, it's it's not an embarrassment. It's not shameful to ask for help. Uh, I believe in therapy. I believe that the Holy Spirit leads us to smart and qualified people who can help us uh, unmingle. uh, I mean, uh, to really uncomplicate our lives. I mean, I'm a big fan of mental health. We hold a mental health summit here at our church every year. We invite hundreds of mental health professionals to come and share their best practices. So I would say, number one, uh, admit that you need help. It's okay. Uh, it's okay not to be okay. Um, and then secondly, uh, find mentors, find people who are further along than you. They're 20 years ahead of you, 30 years ahead of you. Um, I, I want to be around people who I want to be like. Um, and, and usually they're 20 years older than me. And I think that's really important for young leaders. Uh, and for, and second of all, hang out with healthy people, um, and and hang out with good people. I mean, a lot of, a lot of our mental health is because we've, we've overexposed ourselves to unhealthy things. Make sure that what you, your appetites are healthy, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. eating good food. If you eat good food for a long time, your body's going to feel good. Right. So true. If you allow good stuff into your mind your mind's going to feel good. And uh, just making sure that I, te- I have a 23 and a 21 year old at my house, a 23 year old son, a 20 year old, and they're both in ministry. They both work at the church. And we're talking about that all the time. Holy habits, holy appetites. Then uh, we have a lot of fun. We laugh our heads off around here. We have so much fun and hang around with fun people, hang around with it. joyful people, yes. hang around people that know how to tell a joke. All right. Hang around people who can quote Michael Scott. I mean, hang around people that have some fun, that know know what fun is, and not not so serious all the time. And not, 
Uh, so I just tell my kids, choose your friends wisely yep. and, and, and hang around good, healthy, soulful people that know how to unwind and have good fun and laugh a lot. Laughter is really good for you, quite honestly. You know, um, I'm reminded of the pastor my entire life growing up has since retired. And um, he, we will ask him questions like, man, what's your best advice for young leaders? Or if you could do it all over again, what would you do? And he said, you know what? My biggest regret is I just didn't have more fun. He said, if I was going to do it all over again, and this is a guy, Pastor Jerry Stranquist led such an amazing life, legacy and ministry. And, and he, he's just, I, I think there's so much to be said, what you're saying, <laughs> echoing, like have fun, laugh, laugh till you cry, do things that like, I'm just reminded of a trip that Brent and Micah and I went down to visit Pastor Jerry mm-hmm. and we went through an in and out. And we were talking about who knows what it was midnight after a flight and the three of us could barely get words out to order food because we were laughing so hard. And so yes. And amen, pastor Brady. Yes. (laughs) Well, even in the midst of COVID and a pandemic and all like 2020, let's just say that 2020, 2021, we went into it and I told Josiah, I'm like, we need to have more fun. We need to laugh more. We need to like go on dates or we're going to have dates come to us, meaning that we're going to have food ordered in, or we're going to order food for a couple and we're going to have a zoom call, the date, you know? So we just got creative of having more fun and laughing with our friends and really praying in lifelong friendships. And we know the number one question I think I had when I was in school downtown Minneapolis as a 27 year old was this from students themselves, Micah, how do you make friends? And this is an 18, 19, 20, 22 year old, whatever, asking me, how do you make friends? And I've never had a problem making friends, but I think the question that they're asking is, how do you find deep, meaningful, lifelong friendships that aren't surface level, situational, circumstantial? Like, how do I let people in? Because I have something to say and I have a desire in my heart. So we know that young adults are asking this question and I guess my next question for you is in the midst of young adult ministry and the craziness, why do you believe that young adult ministry is important? Well, thank you. We have a thriving young adult ministry at New Life Church. We have about 150, 200 college and 20 something every Tuesday night. Wow. We have small groups. Um, my, both of my kids are involved in young adults ministry. I think it's a pivotal, critical period of your life, number one, and you're about to make the most important decisions for your entire life during that decade. The decade of your 20s is the decade of deciding about marriage, family, career. Uh, you're, you're making choices about your health that will, that will really impact the next whole your entire life. I think it's one of the most critical decades uh, of any person's life. And I think that's why the enemy has attacked uh, people wow. during the decade, because you, you can derail them in their 20s, you can really derail them for the rest of their lives. I mean, they can make, you can make decisions in your 20s that can affect the rest of your, your whole destiny. Right. And I, so that's why as a church, we've put a lot of time and resources in, in engaging that, that group of people into the life of our church and it's paying dividends. We're, we're telling them about the importance of church, about community, about the importance of mental health, about the importance of good choices. It, it's a really fun service that we host every Tuesday night. And because my own kids are now entering into that decade, uh, I see 
that the challenges they're having with, uh, I mean, they're both graduating college in the next year. They're about to make career choices, relationship choices, spiritual choices. They're making choices without me being present many times. Uh, so it's one of the hardest seasons of parenthood for guys my age to watch their kids enter into their 20s. Uh, making a lot of serious choices, and I'm just praying. It makes me very prayerful for them. Uh, but young adults ministry is critical. I mean, we you cannot expect the next generation of church leaders to be healthy and good if you're not investing in them right now. Uh, and so the I, I take it every dollar, every hour, every resource that we're investing right now into the 20-somethings is an investment into the future of the church. Uh, and we cannot look up 20 years from now and wonder where all the leaders were if we fail to mentor them right now. And this yes. is the time when we can mentor them and reach them. And uh, I'm actually very encouraged by the type of young men and women I'm seeing uh, in my church that are in their 20s. Not, not every statistic that you read about the 20-somethings are true. Uh, there's a lot of godly, innovative, fun, joyful, serious followers of Jesus that are between the ages of 18 and 29. Right. They are they they're probably one of the they're probably the smartest uh, group uh, of any twenty somethings of any generation we've had. They are they have tons of knowledge. They're very innovative. They're serious about their faith. They ask hard questions. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love that group, and I think it's super important to the church. It is evident that you love that group, and <laughs> and it's it's fitting that you'd be on this podcast. And I'm invigorated, and right now, like I could hear you talk all day, Pastor Brady, about, and I'm like, Amen, yep. And I'm reminded, honestly, why we do what we do right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm reminded, and I hope every listener tuning in, leading a campus ministry, mm -hmm. yes. facing challenges in college ministry, or or realizing, like, man, it is is am I making a difference? Yes, yeah. you are. God's moving. He's doing a work and the work that you're doing, investing in the next generation, it matters. So pastor Brady, I'm fired up and I'm like, <laughs> let's go, let's do this thing. That's some of the most fun I've just had is I feel like you just blew a fresh wind on our sales, Micah and I, and the listener as well of let's keep going. This ministry is meaningful. It matters. And you pastor an amazing church, amazing young adult ministry, and you're a local church pastor. So to the young pastor leading, who's passionate about the local church to tie it in with your wheelhouse and sweet spot of developing sustainable paces of, of life and ministry, what would be maybe some tips that you have on that we can do in young twenties, even into our thirties now of how can we, you know, develop sustainable rhythms to, to lead in the local church? Well, great. It's a great question. First of all, um, don't do what you're called to do. Don't don't do what someone else is called to do. Do what you're called to do, and be okay with that. I, I've had conversations recently with several young leaders, and they admire people that they want to be like, but they're not wired that way. I said, listen, embrace who you are, be who you are, be okay with who you are, and use your strengths. Uh, use the strengths that God's given you. We need your strengths. I don't. I don't need. A, a, I don't need a a, a a facsimile. I need someone that's authentic. I need you. I look at them and say, I need you to be you. I need you to be strong. Uh, the second thing I would say is to read read serious work. Uh, I, I did talk about having fun, and we do have fun. But a lot of people in their twenties, this is a great decade for learning, um, and it is a decade. If you're going, I I really uh, encourage people to get 
some seminary work under their belt, at least some. Yeah. Like do, do some serious reading. I tell people to read uh, read people who are dead. Yes. Um, dead old read, men. Read dead authors. Uh, yep. I, I appreciate people reading my books. I do appreciate that. But read people who are dead. And the reason I'm saying that is they lived a long life and their work has uh, stayed around for a reason. The reason we're still reading their books 400 years later is because what they said was pretty profound. Yep. And we all need to read dead authors. So find some dead heroes and, and follow them and admire them. Um, I, I, I just tell the young leaders all the time, read, 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 learn, learn, learn the right stuff. Make sure you're putting yourself in positions of learning. And uh, some tips I would say is make sure at least three or four nights a week, you're home, get home early, go to bed on time, get up early, get into a good habit of don't stay up till two in the morning playing video games and expect to be at the top of your game next day. Don't do this. Uh, create good, healthy spaces for yourself. Go to bed at a regular time. Get up at the same time every time, every like get into a good, predictable habit. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be a serious leader. Now, if you're not serious about leadership, you're probably not listening to this podcast anyway. But if you're serious about leadership, go to bed at the same time about five nights a week and get up at the same time every morning about five mornings a week. And, and that what it does is it, it conditions your body for rhythms and patterns. And so that you're predictable and you're not impulsive and you're at your best when you're doing your work the next day. And that's the, that's a healthy model for a leader. So a couple of nights, if you want to stay up to two in the morning on Friday night, great. If you want to do that on Sunday night or whenever, fine. But about five nights a week, go yeah. to bed, get yeah. up early, work well, eat well, exercise, work out. Uh, uh, make sure your mental your mental capabilities are that you're feeding your soul the right diet. And it, I promise you, five years from now, if you'll do this and you look at me five years from now, you'll be a different human being if you'll just get into right habits. Right habits are, are important for leaders. That's so good. Oh I think gosh, it's such a yeah, great it's... reminder for us and for anybody listening is we need to condition our bodies. We need to be mindful of like, if you're going to run a marathon, then you need to prepare. You're not just going to get up and run 32 plus miles and expect to finish well we're going to look at it as a marathon not a sprint and yep. even though we feel like you can sprint through seasons um, we really want to be lifelong learners and that's one thing that josiah and i really resonate with is being lifelong learners and this is where we get to learn and lean into more of who you are because we've come to five in five which is five final thoughts. So it's five questions in less than five minutes. Pastor Brady, do you think you are up for the challenge? I'm ready. I can do it. He's rested. <laughs> he's restored. He's rejuvenated. He's at his best. He's at his best. Okay. He's feeling alive. Come Question on. Question number one. Here we go. If you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Boring by design. <laughs> That's intriguing. That's fast, right? That's fast, fast and fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> How about this, Pastor Brady, for the leader just starting out, I think of so many young listeners are tuning in because there's not a lot of other resources and they're in a challenging ministry, reaching young adults for Christ. How do they start strong and finish well? Well, it, it all goes back to following the, the patterns of Jesus. Luke chapter five shows you a very predictable pattern. Jesus went from town to town, preaching, laying hands on the sick. He was super busy. And then in verse 16, it says he often withdrew to lonely places to pray. And I mean, you want to start strong, learn to pray. You want to finish well, learn to pray. If you want to start well, learn Sabbath. If you want to finish well, learn Sabbath. Prayer and Sabbath 
is a great way to start and it's a great way to end it. I mean, that that's the key. Prayer and Sabbath will, will really position you to start well and end well. That's so good. Okay, here's the curveball. Question number three. If you could ask Josiah and myself one question, what would you ask us today? I would ask you, um, first of all, how you are maintaining such a great friendship and marriage with two littles at your house. How have you handled that pressure of having two babies and diapers? How do you, have you stayed friends? How have you stayed connected with so much uh, busyness and activity in your life right now? Go first? For sure. I'll go first. I think it's, it's been a challenge. Like there's been moments where I've felt depleted or I felt exhausted. And that's when I look at my kid, I'm like, when's the last time that we connected and had a deep conversation. So I think for us, um, our life rhythms that we had pretty well established as single adults, then got married. And then we had a great vibe going on as young marrieds, just a great rhythm. And now it's all been upset. But I would say a few of the things that I really attempt to be intentional about is asking Micah her needs and how I can serve her and like, how's it going? Like just checking in on her. And then here's the hardest thing for me is to ask her to help. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but somewhere along the journey for me, it's maybe I'm driven or I'm capable in a fair amount of areas. And I want to serve her, but I've at times been guilty of robbing her of opportunities to bless me, to minister mm -hmm. to me. So simple thing. I'm holding a baby right now. Could she just bring me a glass of water? <laughs> She's happy to do it. Or it, it could be bigger than that. Like, Hey, you just gave me a great idea, but it's late at night. Can you write that down for me? Because my hands are full and I don't have my phone on me. <laughs> Those are like a few in the past few weeks where I've actually stepped out in faith and in boldness and courage and asked her for help. But I think my fear is like, I know all that she's doing. And I feared like, oh, if I ask her to meet my needs, it's going to push her over. And what I found is just the opposite. Like whatever I've asked for, she's been like cheerful. She's been like, here you Duh, go. I've been waiting like, for you to ask. Yeah. Humble. <laughs> so I think for me too, it's just been letting her in on my weaknesses or my vulnerabilities or where I'm struggling and let her be the first person to hear it. So, yeah. Well, I think one thing to keep in mind as we stepped into parenting, this is what Pastor Lorelai said. She was a prayer pastor at our, our church that we used to attend before she retired. And she said, if you want to um, be selfless, she said, have, um, get married. If you want to learn how to be more like Jesus, have children. <laughs> and I think truly that we are in a season of what does it mean to be selfless while still making our needs known to each other. So I think number one, that we need to be intentional with our personal prayer, as well as praying for and over our home. So prayer, and then also intentionality. So we try to do at least one date night. Yes, it may be in, it may be from eight to 10 o'clock, but by 10 o'clock, we look at each other and be like, is this movie over yet? Because we know they're Daughter one's going to be up at 6 a.m. and she's going to be ready to party. So just really being intentional and praying and having a humble heart to, like Josiah said, is ask for help. Like it's okay to ask for help and not do everything 24 7. So that's three little approaches that we've kind of been navigating. And we're not perfect by any means. Not at all. <laughs> you didn't get though. That's, those are good answers. Gosh. Wow. Thank you for Pastor Brady. And by the way, we're in a room where it just started to sprinkle. So I'll use the mute button, but if you're hearing noise, it's on our end. 
back to you, Pastor Brady. Um, what I'd ask is kind of the take back question. Is there a, is there a event or a situation in ministry that was maybe a failure or you learned something from? It's kind of the lifelong leadership question. We want to grow and learn from any mistake or failure or um, embarrassing moment that you'd be willing to share. <laughs> well, I've, I've certainly made plenty of mistakes. I think, I think the biggest the biggest thing that happens over in pastoral ministry is you trust people that that turn out to be untrustworthy. And so pastoral wow. ministry is a series of ungrieved uh, relational losses. I mean, it, it does happen. Probably the thing that I've regretted the most is uh, uh, giving responsibility to people who weren't ready for it and then having to uh, fire them or release them and then clean up messes that I allowed. That's, that's a big deal. And I, I mean, that's probably the thing that I would look back over my 26 years and wish I had done better. I wish I'd uh, been slower to hire, slower to uh, to empower people and trust people in some cases. Um, and then at the same time though, I'm, I'm a risk taker. So I enjoy releasing people. I enjoy giving people spaces and chances and opportunities. So finding that balance as a leader is, is difficult. I mean, I don't wanna be the guy who holds on to everything and doesn't release responsibility, but at the same time, I don't want to be reckless with who I put in charge. And so that's the balance uh, that I found. Uh, as far as a, as far as an embarrassing moment, okay, I, I, this might be a little crude, because, it, but this is how it happened. So one time I was telling a story of my wife uh, leading a small group, and uh, she said, I, I, and she didn't really want to lead a small group, but I said, when she got up the nerve to do it, uh, and, and so I, that's what I thought I was going to say. Uh, and then, but what I was hearing was uh, when she got the guts to do it. But what I came out of my mouth was is when she got the nuts to do it. So, <laughs> so it came out of me and there's like several hundred people in the room. I'm doing small group training. So I was thought nerve and I thought guts and I combined the two words. And I said, when my wife got the nuts up to do it, she began leading a small group. So it was super embarrassing. I don't talk like that normally, but that I was mean, the, everybody in the room laughing. Yeah. So I'm prone to mixing up words sometimes when I'm under pressure. So it happens <laughs> though. It's, I don't, I don't even think that's preventable. It's hilarious. Oh. I don't know if it's preventable. It'll <laughs> capture the audience's attention for sure. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Somebody was dozing on the third row, left side. And you're like, wake up. Here we go. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for going there and just sharing, um, and I think just for the listener, like we are going to have embarrassing moments as yeah. leaders own the moment. I would say just learn how to laugh at yourself. I mean, just the last time we recorded, I said, here's my, here's my cousin. Like I was mixing co-host and husband. It came out cousin. And I was like, you know what? It is what it is. It's just raw, real. He's not my cousin. He's my husband, but man alive. That sounded ridiculous. <laughs> so learn well, how to laugh the, at I'm yourself. <laughs> I'm from Louisiana, so cousin and husband can be the same person. <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> oh, my word. That's too funny. All right, Pastor Brady, last and final question. If we were to hand you the microphone and you had the opportunity to share one thing with a group of college pastors and young adult ministry leaders, what would you leave them with today? I would tell them what you're doing is very important. Don't be distracted. Don't grow weary in doing good. For in due time, you will reap a harvest if you do not lose heart. Don't lose heart to keep your eye on the prize right now. Don't get distracted from the mission. The people you're investing in right now will lead the church for the next 30 years. So what you're doing is hypercritical. Uh, it's not inconsequential. 
Uh, what you're doing is important. It, be steadfast, be steady, stay strong, uh, preach the truth without uh, apology, love them unconditionally, be a good shepherd to the souls that are in front of you right now, and the Lord will entrust you with more later. But be faithful, stay steady. I heard it just this week from Dr. Alan Tennyson that maybe the great gift of pastoral ministry is steadiness, mm, not good. giving up. And I love leaving this conversation and um, the listener with that note of keep going, be faithful and keep, stay steady, stay steadfast. Pastor Brady, I've had a blast. I'm beaming over here. Uh, I know we're just getting to know each other, but there's such a, I feel such a friendship and heart of gratitude for your deposits of wisdom. And you do have a lot to say. And so we're grateful for your time and energy taking a chance and saying yes to this conversation. And if you're listening and you want to know more about the book, Addicted to Busy, we'll link it in the show notes. You can find out more about Pastor Brady Boyd and New Life Church when you connect online. But one more time, we just want to circle back and thank you so much, Pastor Brady. Well, it was a joy to be with you. You guys are just full of life and full of wisdom. And I appreciate the way you lead and uh, good luck with those babies. I, I, that's exciting to have two tinies at your house. I hope you're enjoying them and may the Lord give you good rest when you go to bed. Cause I know you're tired. That's a lot of hard work raising two babies. <laughs> Amen. We receive that rest and that word. So once again, thank you for tuning in. This is Micah and Josiah signing off until next time. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.